Radio News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. There's concern over plans to tighten COVID testing rules for people who want to visit residents of care homes. A unionist lawmaker says legislation may be needed to keep workers safe from heat stroke. And in Washington, more insiders reveal what was happening in Donald Trump's White House as rioters invaded the Capitol. A member of the Elderly Commission, Grace Lee, says tightened COVID testing requirements may prove too stringent for people hoping to visit elderly or disabled residents of care homes. The government announced yesterday that from the start of next month, visitors would have to show a negative result from a PCR test taken within the previous 48 hours to enter a care home. Ms Lee told an RTHK programme that this would make life difficult for visitors who are themselves old or those who want to visit frequently. After the rules are tightened, they will have to do PCR tests at community centres. Sometimes the results take longer than 24 hours to come back. Previously, some of our staff couldn't receive it within 24 hours. So for some elderly people who don't know how to make online bookings, or those who don't know how to go about it, I believe it'd be difficult. Unionist lawmaker Lampion Singh says the government should consider legislation to protect workers from heatstroke if there's no reduction in the number of cases. Official statistics show that more than 50 people were treated for heatstroke over the past three years. Mr Lam from the Federation of Hong Kong Kowloon Labour Unions questioned whether employers would follow guidelines on working in hot weather, which the government says is updating. The guideline is very clear. For example, the government will suggest you to arrange the work before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. and you should increase the airflow with good ventilation system and the workers should wear feet and permeable clothing and to provide shelter area for rest and cool drinking water. But it is not a legislation and only guideline, only to encourage the employer to follow. So there's a question that whether most of the employer will follow the guidelines. A transport expert says new driverless cabs from Baidu will significantly bring down costs on its ride-hailing service. The tech giant already has robo-taxis in 10 mainland cities. It is looking to trial its latest model, the Apollo RT6, which it says costs only a quarter of a million yuan to make. Alec Jane, CEO of TransConsult, says the driverless cabs are mostly used for shorter journeys and that regulations such as who is liable in an accident still need to be worked out. He says traditional taxis and their drivers still have a role to play. Obviously, a lot of drivers would be losing uh, employment because of this. But as I said, these are still good only for the small journeys. And, and most of the taxi trade, even let's say in Hong Kong, they don't like to go on small journeys. They like to go on longer journeys. And I think for longer journeys, we still have to rely on uh, driver, uh, you know, driver cars. The committee investigating last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol building has presented testimony of Donald Trump's inaction while the violence unfolded. Witnesses told the panel's latest hearing that Mr. Trump resisted advice to tell the rioters to leave. The former White House Deputy Press Secretary Sarah Matthews said Donald Trump had poured gasoline on the fire during the attack with a tweet blaming Vice President Mike Pence for failing to overturn the results of the election.
situation at the Capitol was violent and escalating quickly. And so I thought that the tweet about the vice president was the last thing that was needed in that moment. I remember thinking that this was going to be bad for him to tweet this because it was essentially him giving the green light to these people, telling them that what they were doing was okay. He shouldn't have been doing that. He should have been telling these people to go home and to leave and to condemn the violence that we were seeing. The committee was also shown never-before-seen outtakes from a speech prepared for Mr Trump on January the 7th of last year, one day after the Capitol riots. He was supposed to say the election was over, but made it clear he didn't want to say that. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, OK? Turkey says a deal has been reached which will allow Ukraine to resume exports of grain through the Black Sea. It will be signed today in Istanbul by Ukraine, Russia, Turkey and the UN Secretary General. According to diplomats under the deal, Russia would agree to a truce while shipments move. Alexei Goncharenko is a Ukrainian MP from the Port of Odessa. Almost 45 million people in the world are one step from a famine today just because of this and also add to these millions of people who are suffering from the high food prices, which are also consequences of this awful blockade. Putin is acting like a food terrorist, uh, using as a hostages millions of people. Six soldiers who defected from the army in Myanmar have admitted carrying out gross human rights abuses on the orders of the military. They were speaking to the BBC. The army has been trying to crush an uprising attempting to restore democracy. This former corporal led a unit that carried out oper operations in central Myanmar over the last year. Whoever dares to kill has the order to kill. Whoever dares to touch houses has the order to touch houses. And whoever dares to loot gets to loot. The order was to open fire as we entered. We also had an order to shoot any man we saw and to set fire to every large and decent house in the village. Police in Sri Lanka say they've arrested nine people after forcibly clearing the main anti-government protest camp in the capital, Colombo. Hundreds of heavily armed troops in riot gear tore down tents outside the presidential office. A BBC journalist said he was beaten and a soldier snatched his phone before deleting videos from it. Anjana is a student protester who was at the scene. I'm right now in front of the army. There are, uh, I'm right now looking at probably 300 army personnel in full shoots in, in, with guns. Right now I'm looking at the army. Right now. They have, they have pushed us away from the house. They have destroyed our house. They have beaten people. And now they are just, they have, we have been surrounded from all three, all three sides. They are just holding us in, in a, in a sm small area. Yesterday, Ranil Wickremesinghe, who was seen as close to his predecessor, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, was sworn in as president. The White House says President Biden, who has tested positive for COVID-19, is experiencing very mild symptoms. It said Mr Biden was being treated with the antiviral medicine Paxlovid. Speaking at a news conference, the White House COVID response coordinator, Dr Asish Jha, said pre the president's prognosis was good. Because the president is fully vaccinated, double boosted, his risk of serious illness is dramatically lower. He's also getting treated with a very powerful antiviral, and that further reduces his risk of serious illness. And it's a reminder of the reason that we all work so hard 
to make sure that every American has the same level of protection that the president has. Italy will hold a general election on September the 25th. The vote was announced on the day the Prime Minister Mario Draghi resigned, prompting the president to dissolve parliament. The country will now face two months of what's expected to be a fractious campaign. Enrico Letta is the leader of Italy's Democratic Party and was the country's Prime Minister between 2013 and 2014. He said Mr Draghi's resignation is a huge blow. It's a very negative choice that the Parliament did. I think it was uh, very bad news for Italy, for Italians, but also for the European Union. And the choice that the right parties, Forza Italia and Lega Nord and Five Stars Movement together, had not voting for the confidence to Mario Draghi, I think will have very negative consequences. The Hollywood actress Amber Heard has appealed against a Virginia jury's decision that she defamed her ex-husband at Johnny Depp. She was ordered last month to pay Mr Depp 10 million US dollars in damages for a newspaper article in which she called herself a victim of domestic violence. Astronomers have developed a telescope capable of detecting some of the most powerful star collisions in the universe. The instrument, which is perched on a mountain in the Spanish Canary Islands, can identify when two dead suns, known as neutron stars, crash into each other. The effect of these impacts is so intense that they release a sharp flash of light and powerful gravitational waves. Professor Danny Steegs from the University of Warwick in England is leading the project. He says the telescope will provide important information. Well, neutron stars are very remarkable objects. Um, you've heard that in the piece. They're very extreme objects, so they really allow us to probe some fundamental physics, strong gravity, strange nuclear physics effects that we don't really understand. We think they're key as to how the uh, heavy elements in the whole universe formed. Financial news in Argentina has announced that foreign tourists will be offered a much better rate for US dollars to try to boost the central bank's depleted international reserves. The currency is worth almost twice as much on the black market, which operates openly in Argentina, than the official rate. US money is widely used in Argentina. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25.90. That's 26 points up on the previous close. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 137.62 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent. And the pound gets you 9 Hong Kong dollars and 38 cents. In sport, Hong Kong's women's fencing team finished 7th at the World Championships in Cairo. Atom Jiang has the details. The Epei Trio, led by bronze medalist Vivian Kong, reached the quarterfinals where they were beaten by the world's top-ranked side South Korea, who went on to win the competition. Kong and her teammates Kylie Se and Muni Chu dropped their next match against the United States before beating Ukraine 44-37 to place 7th overall. Meanwhile, Hong Kong's Olympic champion Chen Ka-long slipped to number 2 in the world rankings following his defeat to Tommaso Marini in the men's foil semifinals on Wednesday. The Italian moved into number 1. The men's foil team competition begins today. At the World Athletics Championship in Oregon, there was an American clean sweep in the men's 200 metres. Noah Lyles took gold ahead of Kenny Bednarek and teenager Arion Knighton. The women's race was dominated by the Jamaicans, with Sherika Jackson becoming the fastest woman alive over 200 metres to take gold in 21.45. Only the late Florence Griffith Joyner has gone quicker. Jackson's teammate Shelley-Anne Fraser-Price took silver, defending champion Dina Asher-Smith of Britain claimed bronze. 
Next to cycling in Denmark, Jonas Vingegaard is closing in on his first Tour de France title after extending his overall lead with a stunning victory on stage 18. Defending champion Tadej Pogacar finished second, one minute and four seconds behind, after being dropped on the final climb in the Pyrenees. But, as the BBC's Matt Warwick reports, the stage will be remembered for an act of sportsmanship by the race leader. A snatched break, a champion in a ditch and then a handshake. The tour that's seen it all just keeps on giving. This time cycling's gentleman's agreement kicked in when Pogacar crashed while trying to ride through loose gravel. Vingago looked around, slowed down and let the Slovenian catch up so they could fight it out with honour. Perhaps Vingago knew what was to come after they shook hands while still riding as he pulled more than a minute away from Pogacar on the infamous Hotakam climb. There are no more mountains for Pogacar to try to win back what is probably an unassailable lead, so apart from the time trial, he could even try something on stage 19's relatively flat run to Cahors. In this year's tour, anything's possible. Germany progressed to the semi-finals at the Women's European Football Championship after a 2-0 win over Austria. Lena Magol scored the opener on 25 minutes, but Austria hit the woodwork three times before a goalkeeping error led to the second goal by Alex Pop with just minutes remaining. Germany will face France or the Netherlands. The Arsenal and Scotland midfielder Jen Beatty says the Austrians were unlucky. Especially after half-time, I thought they came out of the blocks firing after half-time and, and had two chances in pretty quick succession as well and I thought if, if they nick a goal there and then it, it might have been a different game but I think the Germans kind of switched on to that pretty quickly and the momentum began to switch again but look I think Austria, the Austrians can be massively proud of that performance they they took the game to the Germans and they bowed right to the end and it's it's unfortunate that it ended on a, a mistake like that from Zinsberger but heads held high they, they've had a great tournament and just missed out towards the end there. In men's football, the France defender Rafael Varane says Manchester United need to rediscover their confidence under new manager Eric Ten Hag. Speaking in Australia, where United are preparing for the new season, Varane says despite United failing to qualify for the Champions League, he has no regrets about moving from Real Madrid to Old Trafford last season. Absolutely not. I think uh, the football you have to in the football you have to challenge yourself and um, you have to to try to improve. Uh, and I wanted to live um, another experience after 10 years in the same place. So, no, I, I think the Premier League is absolutely fantastic and, um, and Manchester United a great club. The weather, sunny and very hot this afternoon, clear tonight, light to moderate southwesterly winds. It's going to remain persistently very hot and fine in the coming few days, temperatures reaching 35 degrees or above. The very hot weather warning is in effect, temperature 34 degrees, humidity 57%. To end the news, the top stories once again. There's concern over plans to tighten COVID testing rules for people who want to visit residents of care homes. A unionist lawmaker says legislation may be needed to keep workers safe from heat stroke. And in Washington, more insiders revealed what was happening in Donald Trump's White House as rioters invaded the Capitol. The news from RTHK.
down the lane Well, tonight she walks on the bank And remembers how she dreamed of rolling away And how she left one day Where the grass seems greener, the 